Welcome back to another edition of Inside the ACC. I am Joe DeLeon and joining me, Jay Graham, former coach from Florida State and Tennessee. Today, Jay, we're going to be talking about Miami versus Florida State this weekend. This game has massive implications for both teams. Big rivalry. Florida State is looking to continue their recent stretch of success as they charge towards the college football playoff. But Miami trying to get up off the mat after a couple Week weeks where they're trying to rebuild some momentum. Mario Cristobal trying to put together a team and finish this year strong. Jay, I think the big question here, I think, for a lot of college football fans in general, is is this can this game be close? Can this game be a close, hard-fought battle despite the clear gap in success so far this year? I think that not a lot of people understand and realize that this rivalry could make this thing a bit of a, a grimy, tight game when it all when it's all said and done. Well, Joe, this game is a is is a game in itself, a rivalry game. So it's always going to be that opportunity. But you look at last year's score, forty five to three, Florida Yikes. State, forty five to three. You don't. I know those Miami players, them coaches. They remember that game, right? Four turnovers in the game. They lost forty five to three, and we talk so bad, right? And I'm one of them, okay? You know, because it's it, it has been an ugly six and three, right? So we talk like they're like four and four and four or four and five, right? And we're sitting here, you know, but if you look at their their record, you're like, man, that's not so bad, right? And you look at their wins, you go, man, that's great. Miami, they beat Texas A&M. They beat Clemson. This same team, right? But also they lost to NC State, right? At NC mm. State, right? Tough game, right? But they lost to Georgia Tech at home, right? And that was one of the ugliest games because of the – you know, all, all the negativity and the decision-making and all the things that came out of it, right? So, you know, it's been the ugliest six and three, right, in college football this year. Because honestly, <laughs> when you think about it, you don't think about, hey, this is a six and three team with a building program, right? Um, Crystal Ball is building the right things, you know. Um, they're, not the, they're not the 45 to three loss team from last year. You know, we know that. You know, their defense is a lot better, and it's surprising how much better they are in one year. You know, but the thing is, can they handle these situations? You know, everybody's like, are they imploding? You know, is the all the bad things that they're here and bringing them closer together? So, you know, Miami's woes, you know, have been, you know, although big, you know, the woes are big. But, you know, this team is much better and this is going to be a hard fought battle, I think. You know, a team that has a chip on their shoulder in Miami that has, has something to prove. You know, and they're they're not the little brothers. They're like, we're going to play in this game to see how tight we can get this game, get it into the fourth quarter. You bring up a really good point because we look at this Miami team, and yeah, the record's great. I think that a lot of times as as fans and just outside observers, we're really quick to judge and say, well, this, you know, it's Miami. It's Mario Cristobal. It's year two. They should be competing for the ACC. But the reality of it is the state of the roster that Mario yeah. took it over and how bad they were last year to transition to get to a season where they'll finish probably with four losses, go to a bowl game. That is progress. That is a step forward. But I think that our our thoughts on this team is the way that they've lost, the way that they played against NC State, the way that they played against Georgia Tech and the coaching decision-making that led to that loss. I also think that a, a number of their issues have come from the performances of Tyler Van Dyke. Now, I've been one of the people that's been a little critical of Tyler Van Dyke. I feel like oftentimes and early on in his career, People were hyping him up. A lot of people were saying that this guy is going to be a Heisman finalist. This guy is going to be a first-round pick. And 
you really pull up the tape and you watch him play and you see a really risky decision making and it finally is catching up to him. It's really caught up to him to this point where he's almost got the yips in a way. His decision making mm -hmm. is leading to a lot of turnovers and a lot of backbreaking turnovers. And despite that defense being so, so good, Jay, they can't they can't stop every single drive when they're playing with a short field and it's causing them to just play so poorly over this recent stretch. I'm just curious on your thoughts. If, if you're Miami, maybe not this game because you need your veteran quarterback going up against a really good Florida State team, but at a certain point, do you maybe transition to one of these younger guys on the roster if Tyler Van Dyke is just continually turning the ball over as much as he is? Well, my the question is, you kind of answered it. You know, you're not going to go into a rivalry game and change quarterbacks. Yeah. Please don't make another decision like that, Miami. You know, it's just as bad as not, you know, kneeling the ball. I'm just saying, you go into a rivalry game, you better go into a game with someone who's been in that game, right? You know, uh, is it Jacoby Brown? He was in it last year, right? He didn't play very, you know, he's not, you know, he, he has bad memories of playing in this game. You know, probably Van Dyke played the best, you know, he didn't, they didn't get a chance to do so much, right? They tried not to turn the ball over. You know, but they had four turnovers, you know, fumbles and all kinds of things that happened. So, you know, I think the biggest thing is there is a time when you have to say, hey, and it's when the team is lost, you've lost the team, right, with the quarterback you're in. Because a quarterback can change the team's culture or the team's, you know, you know, sway of what they want, you know, faster than any other position. So you got to hear the players and what, you know, who are they leaning towards in some form or fashion, right? But on the other side of you, like we're experienced coaches, we got to make decisions, right? And I don't think this is the game to do that. You might go in and say, hey, third series, maybe get somebody some reps. Maybe go with a Wildcat quarterback to try to, you know, bring some energy, right? We I've been in situations where you don't have that guy, so put someone in, you know. I guarantee you maybe a Brashard Smith, somebody that can get a direct snap and do some exciting things, right? Maybe not throw the ball. But but run the ball a little bit, do some things. You may, you know, you know, they may they may take that angle, you know. But I'm sure they have experienced coaches on that staff in Miami. Crystal Ball is, you know, I'm sure he's delving into this situation, and I'm a part of holding it and not telling Florida State is just keeping them, you know, keeping them kind of in the in the in the dark as far as who to prepare for. Now, specifically talking about preparation for this game and how we think that this game is going to play out, I, I think that there's. There's two paths. We watched Florida State when they played Clemson. And mm -hmm. Clemson did a really good job of just completely eliminating Trey Benson, the rushing get, uh, the rushing attack for, for Florida State. And they went after uh, their guards. They really stopped them up front because their defensive line was good enough to do so. But mm -hmm. eventually, because their receivers, Florida State receivers, were so good, they were able to get plays when they needed them. I look at this game having that possibility as well because we know that Leonard Taylor, Ruben Bain Jr., that defensive line for Miami is stellar. It's it's one of the best mm -hmm. in the country, arguably right. with the talent that they have. They could take away that rushing attack, but I don't have a ton of faith that that is enough to slow down Florida State because I look at how poor their secondary has played over this stretch. Cam Kitchens and the safety group, it's pretty good. It's a strong group, right. but their corners – have allowed a number of different receivers to put up massive games. We look at the UNC game. We look at down the stretch against Georgia Tech, the big gains that they allowed for Georgia Tech to get in a position to score, to win that football game. 
if we're looking at this game, how do you predict it's going to play out? Well, you know, I don't think um, Miami's woes in the secondary has been a problem issue of like talent, right? It's like you got playmakers, and I think they have playmakers in the secondary. And you get to a point as a coach, you're like, look, I know you can make the play, but you got to make a decision as far as risk, you know, the, the risk reward, right? If you try to make this play, you don't get there, right? A lot of times you see them going in for that play and they don't get there and the guy can turn out and run for 50 yards, you know? You got to understand that you got to keep leverage on the football, you know? And I think sometimes that's the difference in guys with, you know, as they get experience, understanding, not not playing soft, right? Not being apprehensive, but how to be aggressive and smart and play in the, with the right leverage. That's the hard part about it. When you start going, man, you know, you got to man, here's the issues. If you miss that tackle, it's going to run for some way, for, for a certain distance, right? Now, if you play zone, right? If you don't match it and zone becomes man, most zones do, right? If you don't understand how to match it, because your experience level, you're going to leave somebody wide open from the, from the beginning. So you're in that – that's where they are right now. You know, you know, and that's what happens, you know, with a young DB that has to grow up playing. They have to go all the way through the years. they got to play their way through. they got to deal with the uh, scars of, of missing tackles that go for some distance, you know. And I, I think they're at that crossroad right now. It's a crossroad for the program, for, for Miami's program, right? Where, you know, they still believe in each other. You hear the kids um, talk, on, talk on Twitter. You know, that's a great thing, you know. Um, and they, they hear these things and they're like, hey, these are our coaches. Hey, they're staying in there. They're holding up, you know, and, and, they're, and they're fighting hard. But it comes to a point where the guys are like, hey, I don't know if the coaching is helping me. But I think that's going to be the key, you know, with the DBs as, as far as in coverage. Can they mix up the coverage enough? And um, can they um, make plays on the football no matter what they call in coverage? Now, an uh, interesting debate to be had with Florida State, it, if they go on to win this game and then they've got a couple games remaining before uh, likely the ACC championship game. I was doing a radio spot yesterday and it was, it was brought up to me something I didn't even consider, that even if Florida State goes undefeated, do we assume that the college football playoff committee puts them into the playoff? Because seemingly because of their resume, who they've played, I think it's a foregone conclusion that they belong. I think that the eye test yeah. is is pretty clear that they've looked that good. But I, I kind of wonder if the committee doesn't try to come up with, with some type of an argument that theoretically you could put Florida State as that fifth team and then in, in favor a team that is uh, a, conference championship, a conference champion in the Big 12. Maybe it's Texas who ends up winning and maybe they have one loss or – Maybe it's one of these Pac-12 teams, and you try to put both Pac-12 teams in. Your perspective, do you think that an undefeated Florida State team, even going up against some other teams that have more resume wins, that they deserve to get in ahead of them? Joe, think about this. Um, this is Think about this right here. How do you let Michigan in? How do you let Michigan in, given all the situations and everything that's going on, right? How do you let Michigan in? I know that's a bombshell right there, but how do you let Michigan can of worms. in? And 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 <laughs> the can of worms, right? And 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 keep Florida State out, right? Other years, yeah, you can say that, right? But I think they deserve to anyway. Okay, if the loser of the Michigan Ohio State team game is behind them, right? Mm. But I don't care what it is, right? If this as this situation unfolds and it gets as big as it is, right? How do you let Michigan in? 
And, and, and that might mean the, that's probably not the popular thing to say. I'm probably going to have a bunch of Michigan fans not like me, you know, but the truth is the truth, right? There's a situation there. It's, it's, it's the tip of the iceberg of what we found out so far. It's getting worse, okay? And there's a lot of coaches that it's like, hey, if Michigan gets in, you know, how did it affect the people that, you know, we we said that on another show. How does How do we affect, you know, the people who are just out, right? There's people standing behind Michigan is like, man, they cheated to get there, and they're there, right? And we're standing in line behind these guys, and that's not fair. Outside of Michigan, though, because I, I again, it's, a, it's definitely a can <laughs> you know of worms. You know I'm going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> Joe said, I, nah, I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, that's, that's not it. It's just kind of one of those deals. I, I, I understand because that definitely is an argument, but the thing right. that does get complicated now is – Yes, you could, we could sit here and argue that you can't let them in, but realistically, until that investigation is completed, the college football playoff has kind of said that they're not in a position to do anything. So we, it, they yes, real, they, likely went they out there. They in it, Joe. I mean, yeah. that thing ain't going to get – I'm going to tell you that. It ain't going to get resolved for years. Oh, so. no. It's too complicated. It's it's way too complicated of a measure right. for them to, to jump in and to completely decide. Um but I, I still just to before we wrap up uh, up this this episode, I just keep thinking about all these crazy scenarios that could really come into play. I stand by right. the fact that an undefeated Florida State team deserves to get in. If they I have agree. one loss, it's going to be really tricky for them. But we can consider theoretically Alabama could beat Georgia, and then we've got two one loss SEC teams this weekend. Right. Michigan could beat Penn State, and we could have or uh, Penn State could beat Michigan, and we could have. Theoretically, three one-loss Big Ten teams with all of these teams. And I mentioned the Pac-12. You could have Oregon and yep. Washington. You have Texas with one loss. With all of these different waves, do you think that the way that that Florida State has played has justified their placement as maybe at that four or three spot? Yes, because they beat LSU. And they beat LSU handily. And they did it early in the season. We could say all those different things, but that's why mm. you play that game. You play that game, you beat LSU, you know. Um, I don't know. That's a tough game. That may be a different outcome for Alabama, right? If they had not the quarterback out. You know what I mean? I know they were getting in control of it, but let's just be honest now. Yeah. That 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 that, that game right that played them into the argument and says, hey, we're undefeated. We beat LSU. You can look at the um matchup, right? And the difference is right here, you know, and Florida State deserves to be in that game whether it's, you know, the Michigan situation and everything else, right? A one-loss t- uh, uh the, the loser of the match between uh, Michigan and Ohio State, they're going to be behind Florida State, right? You know, mm-hmm. the guy, the, the team that could be undefeated and out is probably Washington, right? They're sitting on the edge of things, right? But I think they're going to lose. I think they play Oregon State, and I think that's going to be a hard game for them. Yeah. So um, I still think Florida State is higher than where they should, than where they are right now, you know, as far as how they play. It's so crazy to think that a lot of these decisions and our, our senses on these teams are, are just based on time. The fact that yes. Florida State, it's almost a disadvantage that they had this, this LSU game as early as they did. It was a nice momentum builder to lead right. them through the rest of these games this season, but it has hurt them as well that Miami, they're no longer ranked, that, that Duke's no longer ranked after they beat them, and uh, even Clemson, a team like uh, Clemson, which we're going to talk about on, on another show, it's just crazy how this this momentum has just really shifted yeah. things where we're not giving them as much credit. That's still a really, really good LSU yeah. team that they beat and they deserve to get credit for. 
Folks, thanks for tuning in. This was Inside the ACC. I'm Joe DeLeon. Joining me was Jay Graham.